Well, we've come to that part of the show where we have a look at the Bible. This morning, we're having a look at John chapter 20, verses 11 to 18. And these scriptures are all about that first Easter morning, actually. And they go like this. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she was crying, she stooped and looked into the tomb. She saw two angels in white sitting where Jesus's body had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you crying? Because they've taken away my Lord, she told them, and I don't know where they've put him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know who he was. Woman, Jesus said to her, why are you crying? Who is it that you are seeking? Supposing he was the gardener, she replied, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. Turning round, she said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus told her, since I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and tell them that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said to her. So Pamela, what are your thoughts on those words? There are so many messages in the resurrection of our Saviour. In these verses, what has struck me is the response of Mary. Firstly, she sees two angels, not men, but angels, sitting where Jesus' body was laid. Is she frightened? No. She's able to answer their question. She does not even consider why are they there instead of the body that she had to be expected to find. Then Jesus appears. Is she startled at someone else appearing? Again, the answer is no. In fact, she does not even recognize it's him. Imagine this man who saved your life and has been your pastor, and she does not recognize him. She's so fixed on her goal of tending to his body. She's even willing to bring the body back herself. I have no doubt she was serious about this statement. I wondered how she would have accomplished this task. From my own experience, I know that when I'm stubborn about something, the impossible or impractical gets done. I could be exhausted afterwards. It could take longer than expected, but it's done. Mary's action reminds me of Shadrach Meshach Lockridge's sermon. It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. I would really recommend, if you have not heard this sermon, to find it on the internet and listen to it. Mary is in a place of grief, whereby she is not able to see the Savior. Sometimes we could be in a place of grief and so deep in our problems that we do not see an answer that's been provided. When we listen to Pastor Lockridge's sermon, this place of grief is what everyone is experiencing at Jesus' crucifixion. This is where we are our lowest and we are so fixated on the problem. We cannot see how and or when we will get out of the problem. At this point, be comforted in the knowledge and the assurance that Jesus is right there with us. Sometimes even knowing this assurance, we can be blinded to see that in our times of trouble, God is there. When we have a trouble, please note at some point it will come to an end. It may not be the end you envisaged, but it will come to an end. And when the end comes, this is a Sunday in Pastor Lockery's sermon. Sunday is when Jesus rose from the death. The power of sin that separated us from God was conquered. 
Salvation was paid for. We can be forgiven for our sins and we can be restored. I'm going to leave you with the last part of this sermon. It's Friday. Hope is lost. Death has won. Sin has conquered. And Satan's just laughing. It's Friday. Jesus is buried. A soldier stands guard. A rock is rolled into place. But it's Friday. It is only Friday. Sunday is a coming. Now I have a problem with today's verses in that we are so familiar with the annual biblical event that we forget what it was like for the participants at the time. Like we've become passé in films where we learn the main bad guys a relation to the hero. On the first watch of The Empire Strikes Back, I remember the whole cinema gasping when the Darth Vader reveal occurred. But over the years, this has lost its impact or surprise. We can do the same with the reveal of the empty tomb. Why were they surprised at it being empty? Weren't his followers reminded enough? On January 15th, 2009, the pilot of US Airways Flight 1549, after a catastrophic bird strike, had a choice to make. Do they try to land it in the nearby airport or make a crash landing in the Hudson River? Captain Chelsea Sully Sullenberger made an unheard of decision to land the plane in the river. Despite saving all 155 passengers on board, at the subsequent inquiry, the simulation suggested that Sully should have attempted to fly back to the airport rather than risk a dangerous river landing. In the viewing of the simulations, Sully saw something was wrong. There was no account for the human element. The simulations knew the events that were about to happen and the impact it would have on the plane. It didn't take into account how a human would respond the first time. Once he attributed the human factor to the flight simulations, both simulations crashed and burned. So I want to try and apply the human element to this account. The women's first thought at seeing the empty tomb was not the resurrection. They were wrapped still in hurt and pain from Good Friday. But despite feeling hopeless, they still sought to seek Jesus. What's lovely is that Jesus does not turn away from those who seek him. Culturally, at the time, it would not make sense for the Messiah to first reveal himself to what would be a bunch of hysterical women, dismissed by the religious order at the time. But here's the human element that the Pharisees would dismiss. God looks at our hearts and not our status in the world. I love the account in Matthew's Gospel when the first words from the angels and Jesus are, Fear not. Fear is a darkness that stops the light of hope from springing to life. This Easter weekend, for the first time in what seems like an eternity, we can have someone around in the garden. Hope is starting to appear. Maybe things might get back to normal. My hope this Easter is about the resurrection, that death does not have the final say. It says that the gospel message is about a secure hope, not based on circumstance. It's a story of redemption, the story of hope, of Jesus overturning religious orders and a God dismissive of social norms and who's there to comfort and empower those who seek him. And maybe this year you take into this Easter bank holiday the element that we can miss, the God element, a God that's there for you in times where hope is lost, waiting for you to seek him, to tell you to fear not, death is beaten, there is hope to be found.